name is Bryce Randall and welcome to Under the Safe Light. This is going to be a podcast revolving around darkroom photography, uh, film photography, wet printing. Um, you know, there there's a lot of podcasts just on film photography alone. I want this to be more or less talking about wet printing and what do you do with your negatives, you know, after you develop them. Um, this episode, I'm going to kind of give you a little bit of background information on myself and move on into, uh, some darkroom equipment and what you need to get a darkroom started. We'll talk about chemicals and enlargers and trays and stuff like that. Um, so about myself, my name is Bryce Randall. I'm 29 years old. I'm married. I have a beautiful wife and a one and a half year old daughter so they keep me busy uh, quite a lot and I wouldn't have any other way but when I do get some free time I like to shoot photographs 100% on film I pretty much don't use digital for anything anymore unless I'm getting paid uh, for weddings or portraits on the side um, my full-time gig, I run a HP Indigo Press for a school portrait studio, so I'm in volume photographic production. Uh, it's, it's amazing to see a printer print uh, 180 8x10s a minute, uh, but I do that as a career, so when I come home I like to slow it down and work in the dark room uh, be very meticulous with uh, what I do and just enjoy the process I graduated college in 2012 with a BFA in photography uh, or as a BFA in art with an emphasis in photography and Pretty much I've been striving since then to be able to set up my own dark room. Uh, my wife and I, we finally got settled down into a house uh, that we're going to be at for quite some time. So I took this opportunity to uh, build a dark room in my garage. And my lovely wife uh, helped me do it. So what I ended up with was a 8 foot by 15 foot room. We walled in with uh, two by fours and plywood, two walls. I would be lying to you if I said it was light tight, 100%, but I find that it is light tight enough, which is important for you guys to remember as well. Uh, you know, I work off the principle that light is directional. So as long as I don't have light shining directly on my paper, I find that it doesn't really affect what I'm doing. Um, when I say it's not 100% light tight, I turn off all the lights and the garage light on the other side of the wall, you can see ever so slightly it peeking through by the ceiling. Um, I'll turn the light off sometimes, but you know, in the daylight, the garage isn't light tight either. So it's one of those battles you can spend all your time trying to fix that or you can print 
And like I said, I have not noticed any, any kind of fogging on my paper. Uh, I've done several tests uh, with that and never experienced any issues. So don't get hung up on that kind of thing. If, you're, if your room is easier to make light tight, then by all means, go for it. Um, but, you know. So we got the room set up, got all my stuff moved in. Uh, I grew up with, uh, with parents that went to garage sales and antiquing and stuff and they're collectors and it's kind of in my blood to, you know, always be looking for good deals. So I browse Craigslist, I browse Facebook marketplace, Facebook groups. Um, I'm always looking for that deal that just can't be passed up. And that line of thinking is how I've built my dark room for uh, very little money. I would say equipment wise, I have less than $500 invested in everything that I have. Um, my first and larger, I got straight out of college uh, for $100. It came with a lens a Bessler 23C2 enlarger. Uh, I got trays. I got a safe light with it. I did not get an easel and I didn't get a timer. Uh, I think I got an easel for Christmas one year. It was a little 8x10 4-in-1. And the timer, I actually rigged the enlarger up to a surge protector and I would use I found a darkroom app in the app store that was, it, it uh, had a red, it made your phone screen red and it was pretty much a stopwatch that was safe for uh, black and white paper. So I would, you know, set it to 10 seconds. I would turn on the surge protector, turn on, hit the stopwatch and then when the timer was done, I would turn off the surge protector. It was not very exact, but it worked. Um, and you can make some pretty good prints that way. Uh, if you guys have ever tried to look at like the Gralob or the, ah, the Gray Lab, however you pronounce it, uh, timers on eBay, you can see they hold their value pretty well. Uh, that, I ended up with one off Craigslist I found for $15. Um, it's very easy to find people that don't realize that, uh, you know, they just think this film photography stuff is junk that, you know, no one shoots it anymore. So they're very willing to just uh, get rid of it. So that Bessler 23C2, um, it got me by for quite some time. I love that enlarger. It's very, very good at what it does. And then eventually, uh, I started getting into four by five photography. I had bought a monorail camera as an experiment. Uh, I actually used one in college and it, I hated trade developing so much, so I never really got into it, but um, I like to print large. So I revisited large format photography and I've since uh, fell in love with it. So, 
with that 4x5 camera that I had, I had absolutely no way to do anything with the negatives. Um, this was before I learned how to scan 4x5 negatives on my Canon CanoScan 9000. And I didn't have an enlarger capable of enlarging it. Um, I wasn't really, I didn't want to make contact prints. You know, I said I like to print large, so 4x5 contact prints weren't going to do it for me. So it sat in a tub for a while until one day I found a fella on Craigslist that was posting a Saunders LPL DM 4500 4x5 enlarger. And I called him, I want to say probably 30 minutes after he posted it. It was very good timing. And I drove about 45 minutes to his house and picked it up. And it came with all sorts of goodies. Um, you know, I got a two-blade easel. It came with its own timer. He gave, he gave me some old paper, trays, bottles, you name it. Uh, I could tell this guy had printed in the dark room uh, way back when. And he just, from what he told me, he just hadn't used this very much lately. And he was uh, ready to get rid of it. Uh, I paid $200 for the lot, which looking up this enlarger, I feel was very worth it. Um, and it gave me a reason to shoot 4x5 again. Now, uh, after that, uh, I think it was, I want to say... Oh, probably November of 2017, I was browsing the traditional film photography Facebook page, and uh, I noticed a fella posted an estate sale that he was at uh, with all sorts of darkroom equipment. And I thought, man, I never get that lucky. And I just, I don't know why, but I commented on it saying, hey, where is this? Well, it was located in Wichita, Kansas, which is, I live in Kansas City, so it's about, uh, I want to say, three to four hours away. That was on a Friday night. I talked to my wife that night, and we decided to wake up at eight o'clock on Saturday and drive down there and see what they had left. Uh, the thing that caught my eye from the, uh, from the pictures on Facebook, he had a sink and a archival print washer so we drove down there and I picked up a very large darkroom sink for $50 and everything else was 50% off so I got a archival 16 by 20 print washer for uh, $15 I got two four bladed easels up to 20 by 24 for uh, $9 a piece uh, I got several screens that the lady just gave me for free and and uh, pretty much I loaded my truck down with darkroom equipment and came back and I had got all this stuff for uh, 100 bucks. And that's pretty much the story of how I acquired all of my equipment. Uh, perseverance, uh, this didn't happen overnight. You know, I've, uh, this is probably about five years of browsing Craigslist and Facebook, um, you know, and it kind of all just falls into place. 
So what I do mostly is I, uh, I print mostly 11 by 14s. Uh, my favorite little easel for 11 by 14s is actually not even my four-bladed easel. It's it's called a Speed Easy EL or a Speed Easy easel. I think that's the, actually the brand. I'm looking at the tag right now, but it's a very ugly bright yellow metal easel. It's got two grooves on either side that you can slide the paper in and it holds it flat. It works better with RC paper than it does fiber paper that has a natural curl to it. Uh, but it gives very even borders all the way around every time. And when I'm enlarging something not square, uh, that's what I use. When I'm enlarging a, you know, a six by six negative, I do use a four blade easel to make a 10 by 10 print. So what I use for a safe light, um, I used to have a little dome, uh, one of those little dome safe lights that uses a 15 watt bulb and goes through a filter. I actually found uh, that it's not very safe. So I don't know if the filter was just faded or what, but I used the backside of a CD as a prism and you can look at the reflection of your safe light into the CD and if you see anything besides red or in this case amber um, like if you see any blue or green well that's hitting your paper and blue and green light is not safe you know you only want red and I found out that these filter or the safe lights that I were using really weren't that safe and they were very dim. You know, I used to hate working in the dark room because it was so damn dark. You know, ironic, I know. But it was always, it was very depressing for me to work down there for more than an hour or two at a time. You know, I can go on and on about the magic of seeing uh, print show up in front of you, but sitting in a dark room for that long just was not fun. Um, it's... You know, so I found a thread on one of the Facebook groups that I'm a part of uh, discussing LED lights for the darkroom, um, different brands that work, different brands that don't. And the original brand that I wanted to get was only available in Australia. And I couldn't find a good replacement on Amazon. And I did some further uh, Googling and I found a guy that bought a commercial electric eight-foot LED color-changing flex ribbon light kit from Home Depot. So I went out and I bought this uh, LED light from Home Depot for it was under fifty bucks. And hell, you know you can re you can read a magazine easily under this safe light at the brightest setting. It is. It is, uh, it's wonderful. It's the best $50 investment towards my darkroom I've ever made. Um, it comes with a remote with various settings, white light, blue light, green light, and red light. It's got 12 different settings in between. You can dim it, you can brighten it, you can flash, you can strobe, you can fade. Uh, you can have a party in your darkroom if you really wanted to. 
myself, I just use the red setting. Um, the red setting I found is 100% safe for uh, the Ilford multi-grade pearl RC paper that I use. I used, uh, how do you know it was 100% safe, you might ask. I used the Kodak or the Ilford uh, Safe Light testing method. Uh, look those up. Uh, there's very detailed instructions online, and I highly recommend that you do that. You know, just throwing a coin on your paper and uh, letting it sit out for 15 or 5 minutes, I mean, uh, doesn't do the trick. I would suggest highly that you follow the method laid out by Kodak or Ilford for tasting, uh, testing your safe light. I followed this method and the LED light that I have chosen was 100% safe. So I've been using this with great success. So let's talk chemicals real quick. When I first started, I bought two little jugs of, uh, uh, I bought one jug of Ilford Warm Tone. It was just a one liter. And then I bought one liter of the Codafix by Kodak. I bought that because I wasn't sure how serious I was going to get into darkroom printing. I didn't want it to be one of those things that I, uh, you know, got and then had to store if I wasn't able to use it all in a, timely fashion. Well, I burned through those and I didn't want to buy any more because they were kind of expensive. Um, and I was wasting a lot of paper at the time because quite honestly, I'm a little rusty and I was trying to figure out uh, my style of darkroom printing and what I like. So I went over to Freestyle Photographic and ordered online their Arista Paper Developer and Universal Fixer. Uh, very, very good for the price. Uh, both mix one part stock or uh, one part chemical concentrate to nine parts water. So it's very easy to remember when you're, uh, mixing your developer and your fixer. And that's what I use. Uh, I really, I can't notice a difference between using the Arista brand and the Ilford brand or the Kodak fixer. Um, Maybe someone more experienced can, but I cannot. So, uh, let's see. So, we covered safe lights, chemicals, and largers. Um, a few of the little knickknacks. Uh, you know, you want corresponding negative carriers to fit whatever enlarger that you have. Um, a lot of enlargers will only enlarge up to medium format um, for to enlarge medium format you'll want a specific lens uh, I want to say each format has a corresponding lens like a say six by nine you might want a 90 millimeter lens a six by seven I want to say like 75 millimeter um, you know, six by six. So pretty much you can enlarge a smaller negative with a longer lens, but to enlarge a larger negative with a 
smaller lens, you're going to get a little bit of vignetting on the edges, which if that's not a big deal to you, then by all means do it. Um, for just 35 millimeter, a 50 millimeter lens works great. Uh, for a large format, 4x5, I use a 135 millimeter lens on my uh, LPL 4500, um, and that's capable. This enlarger allows me to go all the way up to 16x20 prints on 4x5 like that. Uh, for contrast filters, when I was just using my Bessler black and white enlarger, I was using the Ilford multi-grade filters. They're very handy, very easy to use. They uh, come in steps, so zero, 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 half, one, one and a half, two, all the way up to five. Um, uh, number five filter gives you maximum contrast, so white whites, black blacks with very little mid-tones. Uh, zero, zero filter is going to give you uh, all the mid-tones and very, uh, very gray whites and very gray blacks. So if you have a very contrasting negative, you can use the lower grade filters. And if you want to increase your contrast, you can step it up with a three, four, or five. I want to say most multi-grade, or uh, sorry, uh, variable contrast papers or naturally about a grade two contrast wise. I find myself printing, uh, doing most of my prints with a grade three contrast filter. I find that we still get pleasing midtones, but it gives me that little punch in the blacks that I like. So after you get your filters, you know, you got all that, Another handy-dandy tool is a grain focusing scope. You don't have to spend a fortune on these. I got one from, again, Freestyle. That's where I get most of my stuff. Uh, it pretty much just looks like a little microscope, uh, but it's got an eyepiece that looks into a mirror, and you put that uh, on top of your easel, under your negative, you set your aperture to the brightest setting because right now you're just trying to achieve critical focus. And what that grain focuser does is actually it allows you to see the grain of the negative. And you're going to be able to get your negative super sharp that way. Uh, it's not a necessity, but it comes in very handy. I'm trying to think, I want to say that covers pretty much a basic darkroom. You don't, a lot of the stuff you don't need um, for the most basic setup. All you really need is an enlarger and your phone. You know, that got me by for quite a while. Of course, you need trays, but you don't need necessarily uh, photographic specific trays. You can use plastic tubs or something, you know. Uh, Generally, when I'm uh, working, I have a tray for developer, I have a tray for stop bath, I have a tray for fixer, and then I have a fourth tray for a holding bath until I'm done with the printing session, then I can take it over to the sink and wash everything and all the prints. 
I hang all my prints to dry. You know, you see a lot of people in their bathrooms using a clothesline. I, I actually have a metal wire rack uh, that I use and it works perfect. It, you know, I can hang as many prints as I want off this thing with wooden clothespins. And uh, I can stagger them so they don't drip on each other and, and then it doesn't take up space in the bathroom upstairs. Um, for a stop bath, I just use water. I know a lot of people are probably cringing right now. Uh, eventually I'm going to get stop bath, but I just haven't. I have prints that are 15 years old, uh, back from high school that still look fine uh, with a, from a water stop bath. If you replace the water frequently, especially during longer printing sessions, uh, it works better. Same thing with your holding bath. You know, it'll get contaminated with fixer over time, so you want to replace the water in it, so your prints aren't just sitting there fixing for an hour or two. Um, and then let's say, uh, let's see, after you're done printing, you uh, wash your prints. Uh, I'm lucky enough to have that archival print washer. However, you don't need that. Uh, you can just put your photos in a tray and run them under water, running water for, you know, 10, 15 minutes. RC prints don't require that long of a washing time. I think 10 minutes is good. Uh, 20 if you want to be safe. Uh, Fiber-based prints, of course, take a lot longer to wash. But anyway, uh, you know, this kind of covers everything that I want to talk about this episode. Uh, you know, you can really get by with uh, the bare minimum, you know, like I said, perseverance, you know, keep an eye out on Craigslist. You can uh, get all this equipment. People are uh, very willing to get rid of it for uh, very cheap. Uh, right now I can get on Craigslist and I, I've been watching several different enlargers. Uh, for $25. Um, it's just I don't need any more enlargers. <laughs> you know, I got two and I'm already thinking about getting rid of one. One of them. Uh, but, you know, you can get into this hobby for very cheap. And I recommend that everyone do so because it is a very wonderful experience. It's very therapeutic. Um and it's, you know, uh, there's nothing like seeing your photos off a screen and, you know, physically in your hand. It is a photo that you created. You manipulated light onto this piece of paper. You know, you can dodge and burn. You, you know, you, you physically change the filter to add contrast or take away contrast you decide how much light hits that piece of paper. It's a very manual process. And this is something that you created with your hands. Now, I don't claim to be an expert in this. You know, I want this podcast to uh, open up discussions. I'm here to learn as well. And I want to teach uh, too. You know, I'm, my way isn't necessarily, uh, isn't necessarily the way to do anything, but I feel like I have some good suggestions and some good workarounds 
And if uh, you guys have any questions, feel free to get a hold of me. Uh, anyway, uh, social media and whatnot. Uh, my Instagram is Bryce underscore Randall. That's B-R-Y-C-E underscore R-A-N-D-O-L. That is probably the best way to communicate with me. Direct message me, comment on one of my photos, whatever, if you have any questions. Uh, if you have any topics you want covered in future episodes, let me know. And uh, I'll see what I can do. Until then, uh, thanks for listening. I'm going to wrap up this show now and go to bed. I feel like I've rambled for 30 minutes now. You guys are probably tired of listening to me. So I hope I didn't put you to sleep. Um, and uh, hope you enjoy. See you guys on the next episode. Bye.